Welcome to Lessons from Life, the podcast that gleams profound life lessons from everyday life stories. Hosted by Dustin Fenton and Brandon Hill. everybody. Today, Dustin and I are here with a longtime friend of mine, Aaron Morrison, who was a student at Indiana Wesleyan University while I was working there the first few years, and we've had a, a long-time friendship. So welcome to the show today, Aaron. Thanks so much, Brandon and, and Dustin. I really appreciate you guys making this time to talk with you. Aaron, why don't you start just telling us a little bit about yourself, a little bio, and then we'll go into your story after that. I am the Assistant Director of the Institute for Leadership and Service at Valparaiso University. I work as part of the chapel staff. I'm actually currently on on furlough right now in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic, so I have lots of time to do things such as this. I have been here since this past August. I've worked at a couple different institutions of higher ed over the years, places like Nebraska Wesleyan University, Taylor University. I have two master's degrees, one from Taylor University in higher ed administration, and then a master's in theology from Princeton Seminary, and then graduated from Indiana Wesleyan back in 2012. I work in student affairs and just love working with with college students. So the story I've chosen to tell you all today is just the story of my first job search after I graduated from Taylor University in 2014 with my first master's degree. And the reason I wanted to share this story in particular is because for those people out there that know young people or work with young people who are entering their first stage of adulthood, and especially for those like who are who are graduating from high school or college in the middle of this pandemic, which is creating a lot of uncertainty about the future for a lot of people, I thought I would mm-hmm. I would share this story just as a story of encouragement and being able to overcome less than perfect circumstances. I was finishing up my time at Taylor University with my first master's and was excited about applying for my first kind of big boy job. First job as full-time professional. And I was feeling a lot of different pressures at that time. I was feeling a pressure to myself that I had not wasted all this time I'd spent in education you know, going to college for four years and then a two-year master's on top of that. I wanted to prove to myself that I I, I was going to make it count by, by getting my first job. I'd felt a lot of pressure to prove people wrong who thought I wasn't worthy of getting a job in, in higher ed. Like, for instance, my graduate assistantship experience was not that great, and my supervisor wasn't willing to to give a job recommendation for me. And so... That was a struggle I was trying to, to overcome. And then just the time of major transition in my life with relationships. So friends leaving, graduating, going on to other things, and the sources of relational stability just were, were changing quite a bit. And then I, I had some residual depression and anxiety that I was feeling at that time from the end of my senior year in college, dating through just that time at Taylor was just a time of just really a lot of change going on in my sense of self and sense of identity and where I stood with other people. 
And it was also a time where I was feeling a sense of inner conflict with my changing sense of my relationship to faith and social ethics at the time, my politics, which was also leading to even some conflict with, within my own family, with my parents. And so mm. all these different things were kind of coalescing at the same time. And so I started job searching in February of 2014. And at first I thought, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Like I'm, I'm ready and raring. Like how, how hard is this going to be? Um, mm. And so I applied to the first dozen or so jobs and you know, waited for a while and waited and waited and finally got my first interview. And I was like, okay, this is my chance. Did the first phone interview and got rejected. And I was like, oh, that kind of hurt a little bit. Oh, I mm. thought this was going to be easier. Kept applying for more jobs. Finally got my first finalist interview in April of that year over at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. I was like, okay, this, this is it. This is it. Did the finalist interview. Thought I did great on the interview and I didn't get the job offer. So I had gotten myself all excited and hyped up and it didn't go anywhere. Hmm. So back to the drawing board. I graduated in May of 2014. Most people in my cohort, uh, my graduating cohort had gotten a job and it was just down to three other people out of my cohort of 19, myself and two guys who I coincidentally lived with at the time. We, we all didn't have jobs. Kept applying, got another finalist interview from the Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri. Thought I did great in that interview, still didn't get the job. It was starting to be late June, July. I was getting pretty worried and got another finalist interview, University of North Georgia. Didn't get it. Cycle kept repeating itself. By late July, I had just gotten newly married and my wife and I were, were starting our, our lives together. She had a job. I was still looking for a job, but I was running out of time coming down to the end of the summer. I needed a job if I was going to work a job in, in higher ed before, before the school year started. My lease to my apartment ran out. So I needed to find a new place to, to live temporarily. And my local Episcopal priest offered their basement of their house for my wife and I to move into to buy myself a little mm. bit more time. Mm. And then finally, on August 14th of 2014, I received a job offer to go to Nebraska Wesleyan University mm. for my first RD job. Mm. And by the end of that time. Final tally of, of my job search was 17 first round phone interviews, mm. 11 airplane flights, 18 hours of driving, mm. four on-campus interviews, two mock interviews. So I went to try to see if I could improve my, my interviewing skills twice mm. and 203 job applications wow. in total. 203. Was, was the final tally. During that whole period, I just went through this constant cycle of finding hope, finding a chance to be like, oh, is this the one? And then being disappointed constantly. And every time being disappointed, you know, asking myself questions about my sense of vocation and calling and identity and like, 
what if I'm not able to be a hall director? What if I'm not able to achieve this goal that I've been spending so much time mm. trying to achieve? I learned some important lessons during that time. And That's an impressive amount of determination and dedication to go yeah. 203 applications. I don't know many people who would believe in themselves because really I think that's a testament to your belief and your calling and in your desire to be in higher education to be a hall director to be you know those those sorts of roles that you wanted to be in if you didn't fully believe that in yourself you would have stopped at like mm -hmm. application 50 <laughs> or something <laughs> yep. much less than 203 so that's that's impressive yeah well thank you yeah I was it was quite the time. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Aaron, along those lines, what kept you going to do 203? Last time I did an application, I feel like it took me half an hour just to fill out the online part. So you must have spent a lot of time. What kept you going? There's certainly the financial pressure of like, mm. need to find a money source. Mm -hmm. there's, there's certainly that motivation. But really, I think the things that kept me going was just... I didn't want to disappoint myself. I didn't want to give up because of how much time I, I had invested and how much I believed that I had something to contribute in this particular way and in the form of, of, of working in, in higher mm -hmm. education. Like I, I just, I, I believed that I wanted to be in that context and that I, I, was, I was going to, uh, to keep going. There were plenty of times where I felt like, okay, it's time to give up. Hmm. but something within me was just like, okay, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. God is faithful and I'm going to see what's going to happen. There's a quote by Wayne Gretzky that often gets repeated where he, he says, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Don't take me up. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's not to say that there isn't a time in one's life when you're pursuing something like a job search and say to yourself, like, I need to make a change. I need to go in a different direction with mm -hmm. my life. And I was prepared to do that. You know, mm -hmm. at the, in early August, like we had prepared to get an apartment lease and I was going to get a part-time job and people often have to come to that place. And I don't, I don't want to chide people who aren't able to achieve a goal like a like a particular kind of job that, that they were looking to get it just so happened to work out for me yeah you mentioned a little earlier that there were some lessons you learned in this experience you want to share those with us well the first one's kind of a silly one when you're job searching or when you're in a time of just intense pressure don't watch The Walking Dead <laughs> as your television show to pass time while you're job searching. <laughs> My daily cycle was go to Abbey Coffee, get a cup of coffee, sit down, apply for jobs. And then when I was in between that, watch episodes of The Walking Dead. Oh, no. <laughs> Watching a depressing show about the apocalypse is not mm. what you need when you're job searching. Right. Um, so that's the one, one silly thing. The more, more serious thing is that your sense of vocation or your sense of calling does not necessarily equal your job description mm, or your mm -hmm. career description. It's, it's your thing that I think it's Frederick Buchner or maybe it's Parker Palmer that said, it's that thing that you can't not do. Mm -hmm. So even if I had not gotten a, a job offer to be a hall director, 
mm-hmm. I still would have found a way to live out my my vocation and, and calling, which people can have multiple senses of calling. I still would have found a way to mentor and mm-hmm. educate young people because that that's part of who I am. That's part of the sense of self that I desire mm-hmm. to be. That So I would have found opportunities for that eventually, mm-hmm. even if my job description didn't necessarily lend itself to that. Yeah, That was an important thing that I learned. Another thing that was important for me that I learned during that time is that failure isn't fatal, but a failure to change might be. Mm-hmm. Might be. And by that, I mean... There were a lot of things I did wrong in that job search that I didn't, um, you know, I I failed multiple times. I I mentioned I had to do two mock interviews. So like with every job rejection, I took some time to to think to myself, okay, what am I doing wrong? What do do I have to change? What can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. With the idea that as time went on, I would get better and better Mm -hmm. at applying for a job. So failure isn't fatal, but a failure to change might be. want to mention again, I'd mentioned this a, a little bit earlier about knowing when it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. So there was a point where I was going to move on from searching for a job in, in higher ed. Mm-hmm. And the reason why was I did not want to pursue something at the cost of my relationships. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot in society about encouraging people to be ambitious. You need to be ambitious to to want to do something with your life. And the question I, I want to encourage people to think about is, are you so ambitious to leave a legacy that what you're going to leave behind is just a legacy of ambition that bulldozes over your relationships in your life? Mm-hmm. You've got to keep your relationships above your own ambitions because mm-hmm. otherwise you're, you're, you're going to really hurt people that you love. Those are definitely important lessons. I wondered about relationships in this whole thing because a lot of times with jobs, it's, it's about who you know and, and where you, you know, more than what you know a little bit. And so I, yeah, I, I guess maybe dig into relationships a little bit more. How, how have either your relationships changed or mod- you know, morphed over over that time and you know what what are some other things you learned about relationships during that time I think during that time my relationship with my wife since we were newly married was was mm-hmm. really really key for me since my my senior year in college and leading up through that whole job search I had felt like my life and sense of self had kind of gone in a bit of a downward spiral mm-hmm. and so I really appreciated having Catherine around as just kind of a source of baseline place where I could receive affirmation and kind of affection to kind of help help me in some of those dark darker times of the job search. Having people that you can rely on to really kind of help you get through the, those harder points, those harder moments is really, really key. Aaron, I'm watching the time and we're probably coming close to the end of our time together, but maybe one last thing for you to share. You know, there's certainly a huge uncertainty in the job market right now. You know, a quarter of our workforce is unemployed and who knows what is going to happen with the economy over the next year or two. So what might you say to encourage people who are looking for jobs in this difficult job market? 
I think the most crucial thing I, w- I want to say for people is to not define not too much of your sense of worth mm. into what your job is. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. I, I think our, our culture and our society puts too much emphasis on your worth as a person as to, as to what your job is. Mm-hmm. But I think the more important signifiers for a person is like, what well, what kind of a friend are you? What kind of a husband are you? What kind of a wife, spouse, whatever, whatever that is, those kinds of markers are ultimately much more important than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the job that you are or aren't, are not able to get at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you for sharing that story and that encouragement. I think just a great example of sticking with it until you were able to get a job that you really felt was within your calling. Appreciate that uh, story and thank you for your time. Thank Thank you you both. This This was great. Thanks for listening to Lessons from Life. We hope that you have learned a lesson today that will help you to be more fulfilled in life's journey. If you were inspired by today's episode, please subscribe and review. You can find Lessons From Life at LessonsFromLifeForYou.com. That is with the number four and the letter U. You can also find links to all of our social media on our website. We would love to hear the valuable lessons that you have learned from your life experiences.